Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Residual Bulldog Podcast. This is Dan McCabe. I'm a bit under the weather, but we are going to do this anyways. Um, I've got some uh, some really good tips and tricks for you around long-term real estate and how you go out there and you really build wealth and legacy through real estate. And that's what I want to talk about today. So let's go. Let's roll. Let's get started. Hey, what's up everybody? This is Dan McCabe, founder of the Residual Bulldog community. Excited to be with you here as always, and I appreciate you for tuning in. Um, This is going to be an interesting episode because I'm going to throw stones at myself a little bit. I'm going to talk about mistakes that I made, and this episode is going out as a shout out to my buddy Anthony, um, who we actually interviewed on this uh, very podcast probably about a year ago. So if you dig way back, you can find them. I'm not sure what episode number it is. But um, we interviewed him. He was a, He's a great story of going from full-time employee to full-time real estate investor. And really, the only reason this is getting shout out to him is because him and I were having this conversation last week is he's trying to determine what to do with a piece of property of his that doesn't cash flow as much as he wants it to. So uh, before I do that, though, I want to jump in, just talk a little bit about um, our community and just make sure that you know, hey, we are all over the Facebooks. Um, We've got the Residual Bulldog group um, and the Residual Bulldog page. Feel free to like it, ask to join the group, become a part of the conversation. We've also been going through a bit of, I don't want to call it a rebranding process. Residual Bulldog is really focused kind of on our general training around network marketing and real estate and just helping people get started in the right spot to go out there and start building residual income. But we've also got the Wealth Smart Families podcast that is launching any day now and um, and that brand as well, which is kind of the overall arching brand, which is really the ultimate goal. Why do any of us want residual income in the first place? Why did we create Residual Bulldog? It was to help families go out there and find more fun and memories in their life to take better control of their current situation so parents could do the things that they wanted to do with their kids. That's why I started it. I started it because I wanted to help help grown-ups in the first place. And then I realized the only way to help grown-ups is that you really need to help them as they were kids and have them grow up to be adults that understand how some of this money stuff works. And that was kind of the big problem. And if you've heard a few a few episodes ago, I went on a rant about this, about how the whole last crisis we went through is just really, I mean, a lot of it had to do with adults signing deals that they probably shouldn't have been involved in, mortgages they should not have been involved in, but they just didn't understand. We never got educated on that stuff in our school systems. Instead, we just kind of let the banks run, uh, run all over us. So... We started, we started that one as well, which is kind of the overall um, overarching goal. So you can check that out as well. So anyways, all right, jumping into today's topic. This conversation came up uh, between Anthony and I this past week. And hopefully he doesn't mind me throwing his name out there. I'm sure, sure he doesn't really mind. And I will, uh, I'll make sure to ask you, Anthony, before I hit publish on this, but I'm sure he'll be okay. Uh, but we were just having this conversation and the conversation was really about what he was going to do with a piece of property that he has that he is going back and forth on what to do with. He could sell it right now, pocket some pretty good cash. He got it out of, a, um, I believe, an auction at a really, really good price. Um, he could pocket you know, a decent, probably six-figure profit, which is awesome. It's amazing. And you know, by all accounts, you know, if you... Um, if you need the cash to pay your bills, you would do a deal like that. I'm not saying he should or where his situation's at. I have no idea. But I'm saying for normal people, I mean, if you need to pay your bills and you haven't done a deal in a while, sell the property, take the cash, make sure your bills are paid and make sure that you are living as stress-free of a life as possible and that your your home needs are taken care of. Because when your home needs aren't taken care of, it creates a whole nother 
um, host of issues that can really, really um, hinder your ability to go out there and create future opportunities. But my advice to him was, and, you know, as we were talking about this, you know, and the conversation really revolved around, you know, do you take the cash? Do you go do other deals? Do you finish the project and create all these rental units, which is what he was kind of debating? And my theory has been, and it's not even a theory, it's my belief and what I have seen over 20 plus years of doing this business now. The people that have had the most success are the people that come in, they do not do anything glamorous, they plot along, they do the right thing, and they build a portfolio over a long period of time. And they build that portfolio in a very unsexy way, but it continues to make a little bit of money. In some months, some months they struggle. Some of the most successful people I've seen lost some properties in foreclosure along the way. It just happened. But they plotted along. They kept going. They kept adding to that portfolio over and over and over again. And they went through this crappy period. You know, in any business that you're creating where you want to create something great, there's a good chance you're going to go through a crappy period. Not very many businesses take off and go from zero to 100 in under 60 seconds. Like it just, or whatever would be fast for a car. I have no idea. I'm not a car guy. In under six seconds was probably more like it. Um, For the most part, it is more of a marathon. And within a marathon, within a business, within this journey, pieces of it are going to suck. And so my advice to him was, and the reason this was my advice to him is he's he's younger than me. He's been at it for less amount of t- um, a less amount of time, and that you know go through if you can afford it, if you can make things work, and it just sucks, but it's okay. It sucks, but it's okay. Make it work. Figure it out. Struggle. Embrace the struggle. Enjoy the struggle, and deal with the struggle. If you got to buy the property and you got to figure a way to tighten your belt and you kind of got to go through and do some extra things at that thing you're, uh, at that property yourself, which is something we typically recommend never, ever, ever doing. We like, you know, we always try to say, treat it like a business, treat it like a passive opportunity. I'm going to contradict that here a little bit. When you're starting out and you're building that, yes, you need to work hard in the beginning before you get to the really cool fun residual phase. But I look at the opportunities, um, you know, that I sold years back, and this is me throwing stones at myself a little bit. I look at the opportunities I sold six years ago, uh, six, seven years ago, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And I did it for these really ridiculous like amounts of short-term money, which at the time kind of seemed like a lot, but was it really necessary? Yeah, not really. Not really at all. We had a really, really good thing going. And if I would have just plotted along and stayed the course with a lot of those properties, I literally cannot tell you how many more millions of dollars actually that we would have in our bank account because of it. Um, You know, we didn't plot along and we didn't stay the course. And to tell you the truth is right now, the reason it would be millions of dollars is because of, you know, what additional, well, not just what additional opportunity, what additional appreciation you know, created during that time frame. I mean, we bought a lot of things really, really right. And um, we bought them at severe discounts back in a market where people were really struggling and banks were damn near giving properties away. And we were buying them for literally, literally a quarter of what they're selling for now. And when you think about real estate markets here and the difference that can make it, we didn't buy a few of them. We bought dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of them. We were buying three to five properties a month. And we could have held on. 
And due to, you know, choices we made for a variety of reasons, I say we because I had partners and, you know, that was part of the part of the deal as well. I think a lot of it was it just, you know, that part grew tiresome. And so we kind of wanted to part ways and do different things. We made decisions around that, but I would have done things differently. I would have fought harder to maintain that. And it's not even just because of the amount of additional equity that we would have today. That is one thing. It would literally have added up to millions of dollars. And that is that that is one reason why it would be kind of nice. But even if we came around to the point right now and had said like, okay, do you want to sell them and cash out your millions of dollars? I don't think I would. I think I would sit on them. You know, knowing what I know now from what I have watched other people do through running uh, the Minnesota Real Estate Club, through um, just being very well networked in our real estate community and watching some of the people that just potted along, I think I would just sit on them. You know, at most, I would maybe leverage some of the equity in them to be able to get cheaper money to go buy some more deals. But that would be about it. And, you know, we, we still have some stuff and it and it's fine and we've you know we we kept a certain amount of things but I look back at how many we sold and that's the part where I'm like man what the heck I mean for short term pleasure short term gain short term lifestyle choices that in hindsight I don't even know where that stuff is I don't drive that car anymore. Now I drive a truck. You know, now I've got kids. Now my priorities have changed. Now it's really, really fun to accumulate money and, you know, keep it. And as opposed to going out there and constantly playing this uh, hyper aggressive game that I used to like to play. And, uh, you know, and we, you know, I don't know. So we made a lot of interesting choices back then. And in hindsight, how much easier life would have been had we just said, you know what, we're just going to plot along. We're just going to. We're going to grind this out a little bit. <clears throat> and and I think that's where some of those choices came from was, you know, it was a little bit of a grind, but there was some short-term money to be made and we took it. Um, we still did fine. You know, I said we bought about 25% of today's value. We probably sold most of those at say 60 to 70% of today's values. But we, either way, we left money on the table. And especially when you look at what today's values are, we were buying properties, a lot of properties, you know, around the $100,000 range, give or take $20,000. And a lot of those properties are going for 350 to 400 these days, which is just bizarre to me, but it is what it is. So um, it was crazy how much things turned around and, you know, that was with some rehab and things like that, but it, it is nuts what happened. It's kind of like Vegas 15 years ago when it just went ape shit crazy for a little while. So my, my advice to people that are looking to get into real estate, is now the right time? Uh, it's questionable. It is very questionable. But if you can figure, if you find a deal that you can suffer through and you can suffer through the downswings because the downswings will come, You've got a couple different choices. One is you make the decision, you purchase it, and you decide, hey, I'm going to suffer through these downswings. I can absorb lower rent. I can absorb you know, um, this thing losing value for a period of time because chances are it's going to. We see what the real estate market's done, and it's done for 100 plus years, is it goes up. It creeps up. And then it goes down a little bit. Maybe it goes down half as much. You know, maybe it goes down a decent amount. Maybe it just goes down a little bit, but it dips and everybody panics. Um, the really cool thing is when it dips and everybody panics, that's when people stop buying and you can always find a handful of properties that dip quite a bit and that's where the real opportunity is. But then it goes back up. 
it's been doing it for over a hundred years. Um, you know, kind of since the beginning of time, the beginning of entrepreneurship, um, real estate's been going up and down and we've got the ability to participate in those swings. So I encourage you, if, if, if you think it makes sense, you got one or two choices. If you think it makes sense to try to suffer through and you can make it work and you can hold it for a long time, you can get that sucker paid down, go for it. Knock yourself out. I think it's a great strategy. I think you should do it. Um, your, your alternative is to start really, really getting yourself educated, putting in offers on deals that would be ridiculously good deals if you got them. Chances are you're not going to get very many of them. But you know what? If you screwed around and you did that for the next couple of years, you might get one, you might get three, you might get five, you might get none. But what you would get no matter what is the education of what's going on in the market. And you would recognize the trends the next time it decides to dive back down. And you would understand where and um, what you should buy in order to go out there and really maximize the next bang for your buck during the next boom economy that we have, which we will have another one. So newsflash to pretty much everybody. I am not an economist, but I can pretty much predict, you know, that if you are, you know, age 50 or under, you're probably going to see something that resembles a recession again and probably something that resembles a boom economy again. It goes back and forth. It's been doing it for a really, really, really really long time. So uh, my apologies. I think I mentioned it in the opening show credits here, but my apologies that my voice is a little little dry today. We were, um, I got back from Vegas this past Monday. I took the red eye home and I know I recorded a podcast for you guys and it was actually a really good episode. If you didn't listen to my last episode, um, I talk about this almost out of body experience I had while I was in Vegas. Not in the way most people experience out of body experiences in Vegas, but like, uh, but one where I finally kind of like cracked through on this meditation practice that I've been doing and kind of just found myself in this different higher plane while um, climbing, uh, getting up to the top of Red Rock and just sitting in complete silence. And um, you should you should listen to that, get the full story. It was, to me, it was a totally bizarre experience. I've been to Vegas, um, I don't know how many times, 70 or 80 times. And back in, back in my young and reckless days, we used to go out there a lot and have a lot of fun. And the, the type of out-of-body experiences we might have then came from uh, the cocktail waitresses coming by the blackjack tables. But these days, it is me uh, renting cars and going out to the canyons and going for big monster hikes in between conference sessions and things like that. And uh, it, it was a completely different experience, something I, that I've never done before. And I, I've never even really been as a very logical thinker. I've never really been a big believer in meditation, but I've been trying to do it just um, just to create a better center of awareness for myself and where my priorities need to be and also just to relieve some stress in my life. So I've been trying it. I've heard about it. I'm like, I want to get there. Um, so you, sh- you should check out that episode. It was, it, was, uh, it was pretty good. But So I know I recorded that one, but Anyway, so that night after I recorded that episode, I started getting sick and here I am trying to get myself back on track, but I started getting sick and then Tuesday was worse and then Wednesday was horrible. I could barely get out of bed. I'm still in the middle of the hard 75 challenge, um, which if you've been listening for the last couple months, you've heard me talk about a little bit. It's a 75 day workout um, challenge that is pretty intense. And I had to get my workouts in on those days. I literally could barely get out of bed on Wednesday. I got my workouts in because the Heart 75 Challenge does not allow you to miss a day regardless of anything. Uh, but, you know, I'm just kind of getting back on the upswing from all that. So Thursday, I felt a little better. Friday, I felt uh, good enough to get some real, um, real workouts in. And 
you know, Saturday, Sunday over the weekend, I'm progressively getting better. I'm still all kind of stuffed up and nasally, so to speak. So anyways, that's probably way too much information, but that's why we're here. Um, we like to put way too much information on the internet for everybody to listen to. So uh, like I said, as always, hopefully you guys got some enjoyment out of this. If anybody thinking about real estate, um, we I've debated reopening some of the coaching programs I used to have because we've got so much insight and value um, as to what people should be doing in this market. And the next time this next cycle comes around, we went through and we went through it hard. We went through it. We bought a lot of stuff. And, you know, if there's enough interest in it, I might reopen it because we can help people in this market. We can help people in any, really any kind of market. One thing I always liked about real estate, and even though it is not my primary focus necessarily these days, is that there's always money to be made in real estate. Um, I do know what I believe the greatest opportunity is in real estate right now. And uh, perhaps I'll share that with you guys sometime. It's a, it's a little bit different um, than just kind of the normal traditional stuff that's getting taught seminars all over the place. Um, I also know what I believe to be the greatest opportunity in real estate investing right now in my own personal area, um, which I will share that with you. I live in a um, in an outer suburb now outside of Minneapolis and we live kind of on the very edge. You know, if you go too much further south, I mean, literally, if you go a little bit south of us, it is farms. And you know, one of the things that's happening out here is they're building all these big giant developments. So here's a real estate tip for you guys. Um, they're building these big giant developments all over the place, like crazy big houses in these developments. Um, you know, typically within the city we live in, you know, just to give you some context, housing prices, if you can find a starter home for 350, um, it's probably a miracle. So, you know, housing prices kind of go from there and then these new developments these days with construction costs being up, you know, if you get in for under 550, um, it's relatively, relatively cheap. But here's one thing that I kind of, um, I kind of discovered is because I live in one of those neighborhoods, we, um, we built out here, you know, several years ago, but I noticed a lot of people moving into the neighborhood and then moving out because they wanted more land. Within these neighborhoods, people are consistently, or not people, the developers are consistently putting the houses closer and closer together. So nobody has yards. I mean, we live on a on a cul-de-sac so like our neighbors are kind of in this weird pie shape away so we can't see in each other's windows but we have neighbors you know who live on normal streets that can like see right in each other's windows it's crazy and these are really expensive houses people are moving into them and they don't like that so what we started buying around here and i've started looking for other developments in other areas around this is that people are moving in and then they're literally moving out so that they can build a house or have a house on a bigger lot so i started just looking for cheap houses on really really big lots right around my immediate area. And we've had really good success with that. And so I've been purchasing, um, you know, whereas the lots within my development are maybe anywhere from 0.25, well, probably around a quarter of an acre. Um, we've been buying lots that are an acre and a half and things like that, or an acre plus anyways, is kind of what I look for. And we've been having really good success with that because it's crazy how uh, these wealthy people are rolling into these neighborhoods thinking it's going to be so great to live in the fancy new neighborhood, get sick of having neighbors so close, immediately move out because they want more space. So we're buying houses that have a lot of land around them. So anyways, that's my uh, tip for you. Go around the crazy big developments where they're cramming houses in too tight. Go just outside of it, 
buy something with a really big lot. So anyways, that's what I'm doing here. Um, that is not what I was referring to earlier when I said what I believe to be the greatest opportunity in real estate right now. Uh, but that's going to be for another episode, another podcast. So anyways, with that being said, um, I have rambled on long enough here. I appreciate you guys for uh, tuning in. Um, stay the course, play the long game. Don't get in a rush. Um, everything that's supposed to happen is going to happen. And building a business that is going to last you for a really long time and going to pay you for a really long time takes some time to build. And there's going to be parts of it that are hard. There are easier and quicker ways to get into residual income than real estate. We talk about them all the time. Network marketing is one of them. But um, if you're going to be playing in real estate, really make sure you go out there. Don't go for the quick buck. If you can survive... If you can survive with it just sucking a little bit, figure out how to play the long game. So, all right. Appreciate you. As always, I'm going to go ahead and sign off here. Um, hop on over to residualbulldog.com. Fill out our survey. We can point you in the right direction to some free trainings that we have and um, get you started right away um, with starting your residual journey. And then if there's anything we can do for you, pop on over to the Facebook pages and become a part of the conversation. And I can't wait to catch, you, uh, catch up with you on the social media side. We'll talk to you later. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.